Tip today with Fran Curry. With Slattery's Garage, puck on. Your Peugeot car or van might benefit from a free software upgrade. For more information and to find out if this applies to your vehicle, call the lads in Slattery's Garage, puck on on 067 24111 or slatterysgarage.ie. Thanks, Pat, and uh, you're very welcome back to Tip Today. Huge response to our various conversations in the first hour of uh, the programme uh, this morning. We will get back to that, and thank you very much indeed. Uh, 83 If you want to speak to Leanne today, who's looking after the show, it's a free phone number, and it's 1800 938 007. Financial advice with FOH Financial Limited. Tried, trusted and experienced advice. See foh.ie. FOH Financial Limited is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. And Francis O'Hanlon is with me in studio. Good morning to you, Francis. Uh, Good to see you today. I love the way the questions that come in um, asking for your advice are often outside of your, your, yeah, your sort of portfolio, I mean, shall we say. Where, where we can help people. Find, <laughs> I suppose they're all connected in a weird kind of way and it all kind of yeah. comes back to money. But look, it's nice to be asked. And, and as you know, over the years that we're doing this, um, we want people to know we're listening to them and that, yeah, you know, where we can help, we we will help. And where we can't, we'll say, actually, sorry, you know, this is just yeah. a steer. But, and but you always point them Yeah, well, look, if you can't so help people, if you yeah. can't direct them in some way, it's all the one, really, isn't it? It's an interesting first question. Mm. Uh, a listener wondering how they should set up their 16-year-old who's about to start work. Um, they're wondering, is it done automatically or do we need to contact revenue? Or how does that work? So, for your first job, you, and by the way, you only need to register for your first job. Imagine, congrats, imagine somebody starting their first job at 16. It's mad, isn't it? So, um, okay, so they need to register only for their first job. Any subsequent job thereafter, um, it the employer will register them. Right. So it's only for your first job and then you need to go into the jobs and pension section of revenue my my account so it's via my revenue it's online and you can do that via my account okay and it's only for your first job any subsequent jobs are by the subsequent employers they'll do it for you Hmm. That's interesting. I, I thought you'd present yourself for your first job and then whoever's the financial officer would sort of organise it. No. no, well, and maybe they they yeah. will, maybe they'll direct them right. again. We're talking about own, direction and, and help, but really yeah. the obligation is upon them for their first job. Right. Okay, to, to, and the easiest way is to do that via my revenue, go into the jobs and pension section on their my account and they can put in the register, the number of their employer and that's it. All right, very good. Uh, the second question then the listener inquired about retiring and what is the ideal amount to have saved for retirement? Well, I'm going to need my crystal ball a few times today, <laughs> but you yes. know, and I'm not, I, I, and I say this because, you know, that's the million dollar question. People often say to me, "Is that enough?" And I'd say, "I don't really know because I don't know what your lifestyle is." You know, it might be that they have visions of going to the Grand Prix, you know, worldwide, or it might be that they want to do extensive traveling or and then again, it might be that they're saying, yeah, we're going to go, as the majority of people do, for the odd break here and there. Yeah. You know, I'm more interested in traveling around Ireland, looking after my garden, whatever it be, and that their needs are simpler. So, again, I'm not being funny, but I don't know what's enough here for you. So let me give you an example. 
right? Mm-hmm. Let's say you've 120,000 in your pension pot. Yes. And let's say you're 66 and let's say you're signif- you have a significant other uh, who is also 66. And let's say that you take 25% tax-free of your 120,000 because you can do so. And basically then you've 90,000 left um, from which you must take 4% per annum. That's assuming that we'll put the residual balance into an ARF. That gives you another 3,600. So assume then that you're getting about 29,500 from the state pension. So all of a sudden you have a total income between you of 33,000 or 635 euros a week tax-free. Is that enough for you? And again, this is what I'm saying. I'm trying to... These are the questions. You know, yeah. I'm, I, I'm doing something at the moment, uh, of course, which I won't get into, but I keep thinking to myself... I wish he'd give examples. I wish he'd give examples. So yeah. I'm trying to give you an example here of a pot of 120,000. You take 25% of it tax-free. You have 90,000 left. You must take 4% per annum of it on top of your two state pensions. So you have an income of 33. That's all tax-free. Can you live on 635 a week? And if it's a thing that somebody said, God, no, that wouldn't even touch the sides because I'm doing this, that and the other, then no, you don't have enough. You know, so you need to think like that. You need to think how much, what do I need net into my hand? And I, this is what anyone that knows me and any of my clients that I'm dealing with in retirement, I often hand them out a standard financial statement, which is basically just to assist them in breaking down what their expenditure is. Because all of a sudden they're now retired. They maybe don't have the same petrol or diesel Mm. Um, because they're not travelling as much. Um, But now all of a sudden they have to pay for the VHI maybe that they had as part of their job package or, you know, so there's many different things. But I I normally think it's a good exercise for people to sit down and say, what will I need? What do I reckon I will need to live? Okay, so maybe put down your basics and then put your holidays and your discretionary items down on top of that because you should be doing that if you can. Most, most, I don't know, but an awful lot of people won't have the kind of books to put away for a pension to give them the lifestyle that they would like, Francis. Is that not the... It's funny... Fran, everything comes back, isn't it, to, to the centre point. Affordability. You know, you, affordability. And you mentioned earlier about we give people steers. So sometimes all of these things are connected. So think yes. now about pensions. We've been discussing them so long, so many years, and how much, you know, you will retire someday. Ask somebody who's retired how important it is to have a pension. Now we have to be real and say, like some people, like if you consider 2008 and the financial crash and crisis and the people that suffered trying to keep a home, a roof over their head, or maybe they didn't manage to keep it. You know, if you consider all of those things and you consider now that possibly in the next five or ten years, those same people could be retiring. um, Sometimes it's a very uh, short gap for them to save. Yes. I think you need advice. It's amazing the amount of people, even in the last couple of weeks that I've had present in front of me that are in their maybe early 50s. And I'm saying, right, we need to tackle the home mortgage first. Let's get rid of that first. And then, you know, it might be that it's, oh, no, well, I have that now. I'll be paying that right up to 65, 70. And I'm going, no, you won't. Not on my watch. And we try and address that first and then maybe address putting some money away but again, every case is different. Some people just literally are living week to week. Of I'm course, very yes, mindful of that. Of course, yeah. But again, you know, and I've always said this, the people that normally have less are, are really good at managing money because they have to. So 
it might be that, oh, well, I can't afford a pension or it might be that they can afford 20 euros a week. Every little helps again without using anybody's taglines. Mm. But again, I think you need a plan. So if I can go back to this example, say somebody has 70,000 in a pension pot. You know, that's why it's so important that your money earns money. So when I see pensions, and we'll come into that maybe if we get a chance mm. later on on one of the questions we have. When I see money doing nothing, in a pension pot, then I think, oh God, every shilling that you make on that pension pot is such a difference to you when you retire. So it was really important. This hour, sure, look, I had that and sure, I had that back in 1999 and sure, it's stuck there in the drawer. You, you, I know. That's yeah. not good enough. Do, do you feel for the future where, yeah, I mean, home ownership now is so, so difficult. Um, potentially in the future, we'll have people going into retirement paying huge rents, for yeah, example. Absolutely. I mean, that's, that's... That's why, you know, again, people need to... I know it's hard and I know the whole home ownership. There's a lot to be said for having the roof over your head yeah, as yeah. your own. Um, but How, yes, However modest it might yeah, be. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. But again, I was speaking to somebody lately who's in his kind of late 40s about to build a house. They've built different houses over the years and they kind of said... Really and truly, they've rethought this. You don't need a palatial home. I know. I know. You actually, With in six fact, ensuite bedrooms. No, still, because they have to be cleaned first of all. Is what I'm thinking. Yeah. But you know, you have to think. Okay, what can I afford? What's modest? I need space. Obviously, yeah. we're not putting yeah. anybody into a box. But you know, you need some reasonable space. But it all has to be maintained. So maybe. Everything mm. needs to be rethought slightly. Yes, and while you can clean the windows when you're in your 20s and 30s, can you clean them when you're in your 70s? As well? Yeah, you absolutely. Yeah, mind as absolutely. Well. All right, a listener says that she is using Revolut uh, to mm. save for a house deposit, but she's worried that it's not recognised by financial institutions. Don't have any concerns that it will not be recognised, first of all. Just stay within the 100,000 deposit compensation scheme limit. And I say that for every institution you know so that's basically don't be worried Revolut is um, authorised by the Bank of Lithuania in the Republic of Lithuania and by the European Central Bank and is regulated by the uh, Central Bank of Ireland for conduct of business rules okay so basically it means they're regulated and they're regulated within Ireland to be conducting you know business Mm. here so don't be worried about that and no bank will say oh you're Revolut no, you know, they're not going to do that. They're competition to them, obviously, but they certainly wouldn't be turning their back saying, we don't recognise that, they couldn't do so, OK? Um, and it would be against Consumer Protection Code and one thing and the other. So don't worry about that. Just keep within the 100,000, um, which I don't think is probably going to be an issue I, for somebody. I, I, I don't but who think knows? Somebody. But uh, did I hear somewhere, are they giving out mortgages now, uh, Revolut, aren't they? Mm, I, I think maybe heading towards it, Fran. I don't know yeah. if they are at the yeah. moment. Maybe Not within Ireland's that I'm oh, aware. Of, but okay. possibly, in I would say, in the not-too-distant future. I'm sure this is a, a question you get quite a bit as well. A listener wondering if they pay a lump sum off their mortgage, will it bring down the monthly payment or just shorten the term of the mortgage or are they better off not to pay the lump sum? Interesting question. So, I am all... And this kind of feeds in to what I was mentioning yes. earlier about people with mortgages. I am absolutely all for shortening the term of your mortgage by paying lump sums, increasing your repayments, all of the above, whatever you can do, because you've nowhere to go with a family home mortgage, okay? It's not a business 
investment property, buy to let or business and you can offset interest. Family home you can't. So the, the, the quicker you can get rid of that, in my opinion, the better. You save yourself a ton of money in interest, life premiums, one thing and the other. So again, I don't know the specifics of this person person's mortgage, so I'm generalising mm. here. Just be careful because there's some banks, if you give them a lump sum, they'll say oh, well, look, we're leaving your repayment as is and you've this wonderful credit up here. You can offset it any time you like, right? So you need to be careful that they're actually you're applying not it. Much no. on that, well, then. you're not reducing yeah. the interest yeah. that you're paying. Yeah. Then there's other banks that will put in the lump sum, but they'll reduce your repayment, saying, listen, we'll put in that lump sum for you and we reduced your payments. Isn't that so much easier for you going forward? So you need to be very specific about what you want. Bank, I want to put in a lump sum but I want my repayment to stay the same because I want the term to come down from 17 years to 10 years. So you need to be very specific in your letter. Dear bank, I've just paid in 50,000 into my mortgage. Um, I Please note that I wish my repayment to stay the same so that the, this reduces the term of my mortgage. And please check because, believe mm. me, it, we know we're dealing with them all the time. Sometimes they don't do what they're asked. Isn't that funny? Okay. Wow, I'm really surprised, yeah. <laughs> shocked and surprised. So you that. just need to be mindful. Just Can I just yeah. say one thing? Of course. Be careful yes. if you're fixed that there's no penalties by you doing what you're doing. So just be careful. If you're putting in a lump sum or if you're increasing your repayment, just make sure that no penalty applies for what you're doing. Okay. What's happening with uh, Pepper Mortgage uh, customers? Yeah, okay. So this was funny. I, I actually came across this um, in for a client probably about 12 months ago, right? right? And I noticed, actually two separate clients, I noticed that their mortgage hadn't gone up even though they had a mortgage with uh, um, with Pepper. And I thought, God, that's odd. Interest rates had gone up, but their repayment hadn't gone up. So basically, Pepper have now said, listen, we've made a huge mistake here. Um, when interest rates were going up, um, we failed to increase your repayments accordingly. Right. Okay. So I, they actually wrote to people, as far as I'm aware, as each interest rate increase happened and told them their rate had gone up, but they never actually applied the increased repayment. And how many people are we talking about here? Two and a half thousand, I think, roughly. Wow. Mm. So it's quite significant. Um, so basically, the good news is they're not going to claw back the interest that these people should have been charged as these increases started from October 22. Um, the bad news is they will increase the repayment. It, so it's going to be quite the lift in some people's repayments. If they can take any comfort, um, they haven't been paying the increased interest since October 22, but they're going to pay it going forward. Okay, so... Pepper is saying, listen, if people are in difficulty, you know, we'll assist them. You know, there's the, the means where you can have a look at somebody's means, literally, and say, look, they can't afford this. Just be careful. Seek advice on that and matter. We hear about these kind of errors from financial institutions. I mean, how does that kind of thing happen now? Is it software? Is it... Yes, absolutely. You know, it, the yeah. world of computers and, you know, this is not somebody sitting down with a ledger and, and an abacus anymore. This is computer and the computer messed up here and the computer didn't recognise um, or the the human that was to input the information didn't put it in properly or, you know, all of the above, possibly. So, you know, can I just say to people, 
first of all, they can't offer fixed rates. We've had this discussion yeah. before. So they are saying, look, we'll give you a fixed repayment for a while. That's not a fixed rate. They're just saying if you're struggling, they'll help you in that. You might say, oh, well, I can't do uh, um, 300 extra a month immediately. I can only do 150 a month. So don't mix that up with fixed rates because they can't do them. All right. Uh, PRSI changes, uh, Francis. So this is an interesting one. You know, all the years we've been speaking about, you know, the day of reckoning is coming in relation to pensions and the population is ageing and PRSI rates. Will they, you know, at the moment from 66 on, you don't pay PRSI, okay? But based on the changes where you can now say, hold on a minute, I'm working, I actually don't want my state pension um, until I'm max 70 or it might be that you're working but that you're trying to gather a few more stamps so you'll eventually get the full state pension therefore because of that if you're getting an ARF distribution an approved retirement fund distribution okay you are going to now have to prove that you have the state pension or the provider of that distribution will start charging you PRSI automatically because um, so basically it's because of the changes in the state pension so I would say to anybody an awful lot of the providers will write to to their clients who are between the age of 66 and 70 saying are you in receipt of the state pension if they're replying back saying yes I am they know that they've already taken their state pension so no PRSI will apply to them from age 66 on if they're not in receipt of the state pension, if they've decided to defer, um, then they'll be charging them PRSI on their ARF distribution. Which, doesn't that completely make it a waste of time to defer your, your, your pension? Well, see, again... Uh, you're not going to make any extra. Fran, one size doesn't fit all. This is down to individuals. So somebody who, this is wonderful for the person that was saying, oh my God, I'm I'm five stamps short. You know, had I had another five years to work, had I another three years, sorry, had I had another three years to work, I would have got the full state pension. Okay. This is possibly a way of them getting the extra state right. pension by paying, say they have a job on the go and that they can accumulate more PRSI contributions and then start taking their state pension from the age of 68 or 69. But if it's a thing that they don't have another job, they probably have to take their their state mm. pension mm. at 66 and take it at whatever level they were given. So again, I think this just comes down to, I'm only mentioning this because there's a lot of people out there who are getting ARF distributions and they will be asked to provide proof that they're in receipt of the state pension. Otherwise, they will take PRSI off them. Okay, so again, not to panic, just to be aware. So if anyone out there has an ARF and they're over 66, but below 70, and all of a sudden they're getting a letter from their whoever company um, or their financial um, advisor saying, listen, you need to provide proof that you're in receipt of the state pension, that they'll understand what that's about. God almighty. <laughs> I mean, really, God almighty. Um, just just briefly before I let you go, just the markets, uh, Francis. Yeah. What's, what's what's the story? Look into that crystal ball of yours. Yeah. So, Madame O'Hanlon. Yeah, so yes. look, obviously an awful lot of things going on here. Um, you know, rates, will they go up? Will they come down? 
interest rates, that is. Um, expectations, they probably will in Europe, maybe mid-year, but probably not in the States. Uh, let's not even get into that. Um, so there's an inflation issue is still at play, geopolitical issues, you know, Ukraine, Gaza, all that's going on. Yes, imminent election, elections worldwide. Say, yeah. Um, so I suppose the main thing here is we've said this and it was back to the pension question. You need to earn money on your money, right? Don't underestimate the risk of inflation, how it ravages the value of your money. You need to earn money on your money. Know your timeline. Know how long you've got to your imminent retirement or to when you'll need the money that you're going to invest. Know your attitude to risk. Right. If it's a thing that you're investing and in, you know you have the time, if it's a thing that the markets took a dip, that you'd panic and jump off the surfboard, right? Then you shouldn't probably be in that investment. Right. Okay. So if that's the case, you may be better off staying in the harbour or on the beach, as I would put it. Okay. Um. So know what you're investing in to the best of your ability, and you know that you'll understand it. So many people I see invested in things they didn't understand them, they didn't know what they were getting into, and then they end up in difficulty. Um. If deposit is your attitude to risk, if you're saying, "Oh God, I don't, I I don't want to be in equity funds or whatever," it be if deposit is your thing, it might be the time to be looking at fixing for a three or five year period of interest rates are going to start coming down. So again, this is all about individuals yes. and individuals' attitude to risk. So I'm just going to very quickly just say to you, had you been in our go-to medium risk equity fund um, that we mention on a regular basis, which will remain unmentioned, um, for the last year you'd have had 17% gross. That's medium uh-huh. risk. Had you been in it for the last two years, which were very difficult years, bear in mind, 22 was a car crash, okay? Um, You'd still be up 9.28%, right? Gross for the two years. Bearing in mind, you'd have dipped 17% in 22, okay? Um, If we look over seven years, so I'm trying to give you different timelines here, you'd be up 57.92% gross. Um, your high would have been in 2019 at 19.73% and your low in 22, negative 17%. So that's over seven years gross. How bad? Now let's look at longer term. Let's look at 30 years. These are the pe- the pension investors. 900% gross. Okay? 900%. High of 35.86% in 1997. Low of 31.14%. In what year, Fran? Give a guess year of the financial crash, okay? So the markets dipped. This particular fund dipped on back of the markets crash in 2008 at 31%. But it doesn't matter because in the 30-year context here of your pension, and this is what I'm trying to say, growth is so important, okay? So somebody who has their 120,000 pot, say they have a 20 or a 30,000, or sure it was a pension I had from a former employment you know, or that doesn't matter. If that's in the right place, that could serve them really, really well by the time they're getting to their retirement. So it's so important. Um, funny enough, I came across a client lately like that, forgot about this pension she had since 1999 by accident. And I mean by pure accident, ended up in a of what I would consider a good fund. Uh, not as good as the one we're talking about, but she's up 220%. Literally, I'm laughing by doing nothing, being oblivious to it. Because they, they couldn't even write to her because she never changed her address. <laughs> so sometimes I'm just trying to show the importance of growth here. But it, it, being comfortable with your choices, 
and whoever's dealing with you, that's the importance of advice right. as well. Francis, great to see you, and thanks very much for all no that, that uh, wonderful advice. If people want to talk to you, by the way, Francis, how, how can they do yeah, that? Yeah, they can contact us in the office, uh, sorry, via our website, which is www.foh.ie, by email at foh at foh.ie, or ring the office, 052-61-29487. See the way we remembered all of that without <laughs> notes. It's amazing. <laughs> Francis, thanks very much indeed. Thanks, we'll take Brian. a break back with more. Tip FM's Tip Today with Fran Curry In association with Slattery's of Pecan, Tipperary's main Peugeot dealer. Slattery's Garage Pecan, the name you can trust for over 50 years in the Premier County. Slattery'sGarage.ie 